Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We got another episode for you today. We're going to go ahead and talk some more Malifaux. We got the boys back with us, Dixon and Chris. Dixon, you didn't get sh- you didn't get shanked on a train. <laughs> nope, I made it. I fucking made it. Did you sleep on the way back? Yeah, I actually slept better on the way back because I, I, I just knew better, so I just set myself up for success. Yeah. Let's just say when Dixon came down for this tournament, he had to make sure I was watching his bags when he went to the bathroom. <laughs> yes. All right, so what we're going to talk about today, guys, is we're going to look at this tournament, just kind of review what we thought about it, kind of how it ran, uh, some things that we noticed about Gaining Grounds too, and just how it felt for, especially you, Dixon, to play people in different metas, uh, and we'll definitely get into that. Before we get into that, make sure that you guys are checking out all our content. I know I just threw up a new article on RageQuitWire.com, just kind of talking about the tournament and review, some things we noticed, and yeah, we got lots of content coming out. Always putting stuff on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and YouTube channels. So make sure that you guys support us that way. And if you want to support us directly, make sure you become a Patreon, patron at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. And if we get about three more patrons, we'll be able to start putting out monthly battle reports. And we did some brainstorming a little bit ago, and we got some pretty cool ideas that we're going to start throwing out there for our battle report. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get to the tournament, I just want to say that I read your article that you put out. Oh, yeah. And it is a delightful read. Oh, yeah. yeah excellent. Yeah. I read it too. Okay. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I just kind of spent some time just putting things up, just things I noticed. Uh, it was an after action review. That's something we always did in the military after we did a mission. So I do that as a tournament organizer. I like to look at, you know, how did it go? What were some good things? What are improvements? And then how do we move on to the next one? So hopefully, especially people that like tournaments out there, hopefully you can get some good ideas from it. Um, and I know I got some good ideas from people that also responded to it. So definitely appreciate it from the community. I especially like the uh, the pros and cons brackets that you did with a whole bunch of like, like I like that I saw this. I saw most factions. I wish I had you know been able to promote the game better or do X, Y, and C. Like you had you had like very details. Like yep, you took the good, but then you like this is how it can improve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I think that's a that's important because when you look at the tournaments that you run you do want to get a nice balance, which I think we had, but there were definitely things in there that I was like, okay, here's some things that I want to improve on for next next time. One of the things I know me personally that I'm going to keep improving on is uh, just brushing up on detailed rules in Malifaux. There was a couple instances where uh, just some new rules interactions came up and I actually learned something as opposed to, you know, laying down the decision. So it was good to see that there are small interactions that I can still, you know, brush up on and figure out. So make sure that you guys check that out. Definitely trying to put out at least one every other week, if not one article a week. So 
definitely something that we're going to continue to do at ragequitwire.com. So we did throw this tournament and it was, it was a pretty good tournament. We ended up having about 10 people and we had people from North Carolina, Georgia. Uh, we even had some people from Florida and Dixon, you came down from Virginia. So we definitely had a very good spread. And for those people that haven't looked <laughs> at the article yet, we had a pretty good spread of factions too. Uh, we had a couple outcast players, a couple Neverborn. The guy that was playing outcast, Matt, he actually soloed Jack Daw the entire time, so he might as well have been a reser too. If if he wants to just solo Jack Daw, he needs to go resers. I, I don't. I was gonna say, <laughs> isn't Jack Daw a stronger reser wise, just with some of the abilities that you can bring with that? Yeah, you get access to the Dead Rider, you get access to Manos and a Lovelace and the upgrades. Like it's just significantly better, and you have better uh, tech picks. Did you tell him that when you were talking to him? No, no. I mean, he's a new player. I specifically wanted him to, because there's step by steps. The first thing that he needs to do is make sure that he knows what the general actions are, what they're good for, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So okay. I want him to learn first his crew and the general rules of the game before he goes into something more advanced like that. So let me ask you guys this, just from your general field, because those of you that don't know, I ended up just running the event. We actually had an odd number. And I, I was of the opinion that if I was driving three hours to a tournament, which some people did, hmm. uh, that I'd be a little pissed if I got a buy. So as the person running it, I was like, you know, I'm going to sit this out. There was a new player there. I threw a demo. But you guys playing in the event, how did you guys get kind of a feel of how many like experienced players that were there versus new players? Like, how, how do you think that breakdown was? Was it mostly season players or was it mostly new players or a mix? It was a good mixture yeah. of both. It was absolutely a good mixture of both. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it was kind of funny because like I had a, an experienced player first, a new player second, and then a veteran player last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the veteran player last. I, 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 I can't wait to talk about that game because it still got me thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we were talking about that right before we got on. Uh, I, I did think it was a good mix. Uh, I think that even even though it was a good balance and even though we had some experienced players, I do think it was good for everybody to get in real life games in a tournament setting though, because I mean, Dixon, you and I were talking about it. Playing a tournament in person is very different than playing on Vassal. Yeah. Very taxing. I was, but after the second game, my brain was on fire. <laughs> like in a good much, way or a bad way no, it was a great feeling but at the same time it, it was it definitely showed in the third game where i was started making mistakes it's like a tournament in person is not only about being a good player it's about can you make it all three turns you know Stamina. exactly you have to last the entire tournament it's like if that was yeah. me after three rounds imagine me after four rounds i would have been in the middle tables this just hands <laughs> out <laughs> yeah it, it's one of those things where it is definitely taxing like you gotta you know pace yourself you gotta make sure you're drinking water and stuff and make sure that you're you know eat something i know there was at one point in round two dixon was getting a little hangry and i was like hey, hey listen drink some water you know you're having fun <laughs> relax enjoy yourself you're getting and, ahead of yourself here doing some spoilers <laughs> yeah so, yeah, it, it definitely is different playing it in real life. For those of you that have been kind of stuck in Vassal world, uh, like Dixon, I mean, you said you, when you play Vassal, you like to listen to music and you're chilling out in your chair. Yep. I definitely got like a setup here. I was like, all right, some music, some like light background stuff that I can actually go check on if like I, I feel, you know, like my opponent is just like 
thinking too long. Over in person, nope. You, you're 100% in the game. You have less information to go through your head. You you have to interact more. The second round, I had to take into account not only my things, but my opponent, which is why my brain was on fire. <laughs> I love this. I love turn. I love tournament settings. It's great. I I. Oh, it felt good. Mm-hmm. It felt you know, great. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was great seeing everybody. It was great, you know, handshakes, giving hugs. That was my favorite thing, being able to actually get back with a community, like, you know, exactly handshakes and hugging, all that good stuff. And just talking Malifaux the whole day, right? Like, we literally just sat there, and we just talked about what we think about new stuff, what do we think about the stuff we're playing, how did our games go, Yep. Uh, everybody giving recommendations to each other, like, oh, you know, next time try this. So it was cool to see, for sure. For sure. And I will say as a tournament organizer, my goal going into this was one, I wanted at least eight people. That was my goal. And that I'm glad we met that because those people that aren't in the Southeast of the United States, we actually had like that gas shortage. So people were like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it. You know, I might have to get a trash bag full of gasoline. <laughs> Dude, I'm 100% sure that that affected at least three people coming to the tournament. It did. It. I knew at least three people that wanted to, but it was a little iffy, so they didn't. Yeah, that was. It was that just, definitely affected it. It was just like really by coincidence. I fucking hated it. It was, but we still got 10 people, which was awesome. Yep. And my goal as a tournament organizer was I knew this was a first tournament back, and I didn't know how many of these people had been playing on Vassal, and I knew we would have some new people. So when I created the pool for the schemes and strats, I made a pool where it was like I wanted to be engaging, and I wanted people to punch each other in the mouth. And I wasn't sure if everybody was going to do it. Like I wasn't, I guess I wasn't anticipating everybody to you know, take assassinate. Cause you know, I put assassinate in every round of the tournament, but I'm going to tell you, I think more than half the people ended up taking assassinate, even if it's not something they usually do just because they wanted the extra tickets that for the prize support. <laughs> I was about to say, it was like you incentivize people. It wasn't just like you put it in the pool and they'll say, no, no, you have a higher chance of getting a prize. If you actually do assassinate every round. Well, yeah. Cause I gave one <laughs> raffle ticket for, if you got the first point, and I gave you a second raffle ticket if you got the second point. So it was double whammy there. <laughs> oh my god! And it helped because so, it was good stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of tickets on on like three of the boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the most most tickets we saw were in the uh, the intrepid emissary box and the um, Anya. Yeah, the Anya box, and then I think there was the Lucius second edition box, and that's where most of it was. So let me ask you guys, how many times did you take assassinate in the tournament? No, nobody can see you dancing here. I know. You gotta, hey man, you say something out I was loud. like, I, when I saw the Lucius box, I was like, you will be mine. Every <laughs> single ticket went into that box. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. I, it just, it was so fun. Did you take assassinate all three rounds, Dixon? Oh uh, no! Unfortunately, I didn't take it the second round because it, I I didn't know who I was playing against. So I played against Parker Barrels before, and I knew that you know assassinate could be very difficult to do against him because he can run and charge, you know, mm-hmm. running gun. Sorry, so he can charge out of melee, just keep running away. It becomes kind of hard to kill him, and in fact, I I couldn't kill him. Then I got to talking to Cameron, who I actually had met uh from the guild ball days yep 
and I didn't know how much experience he had in the game until then. So like that happened. Also, that was his first game against Pandora. So surprise. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> what about you, Chris? How many times do you take assassinate? The first and the third. I didn't take it on the second as well. There you go. Was that was the second one the one you played Jack Daw against Jack Daw? No, that was the first. Uh, the second one I played uh, Shen Long. Okay. You took assassinate against Jack Daw. I did, and I the got it. Balls on this man. <laughs> <laughs> I, got it. I mean, I got both points. I so. only do that if I'm playing Pandora. <laughs> like that's just like nice. Yeah, because he only has six health, and Pandora does, you know. Well, to be fair, I mean, I was playing Seamus, so I know I'd get, you know, some per- pretty good amount of hits off. And if you're playing against a, a experienced or inexperienced player with Jack Dahl, I mean, he's going to slough off all that damage, you know, pinking one at a time. So, God forbid he runs out of cards and soul stones, and then you just one shot him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. So looking at it, guys, I want to talk a little bit about what we saw with our thoughts on two po- on Gaining Grounds 2.0. So what were some of the things that we noticed? And let's start with the strategies. We didn't do Symbols of Authority. And I did, didn't put that one in there because I wanted to make sure we had the two new quote-unquote ones in there. So what did you guys think about Break the Line and Turf War? So how, how did your games go? And I mean, was it something that you enjoyed? Was it easy? Was it difficult? I definitely need more practice in Break the Line. Uh, Turf War is actually, in my opinion, a better Killy strategy. I know that it's supposed to be about, like, you flip the thing, but killing is such an important part of, of flipping whatever marker you are in because it's significantly Absolutely. faster for you to, uh, if, if you're engaged or there's people in the way, to kill one model and then have some other model just flip it up. That happened so often. It was Absolutely. crazy. I was like, all right, I'm going to kill that stupid model over there that is like four points and still significant. And I'm just going to have that other model over there just flip it over later on the turn. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so much better. It's true. Do you like those better than like um, the super killy ones that they got rid of, Chris? I mean, like I've said many, many other times, please have one super killy one. I mean, Turf War is kind of killy, but it's not a super killy like Public Enemies. I mean, it it just isn't. It's not brain dead. And I like, yeah. I like, yeah, I like to go into a game where it's just focus on killing. Because sometimes you just want to kill. I mean, hell, 90% of the time I find myself, ooh, I could kill that piece. Okay, so Turf War was the first round. So what are the killy masters that you guys brought and why... For, let's go with why did you bring them and did it play out the way you thought it was going to? So let's start with you, Chris. Who did you bring round one in uh, Turf Wars? I brought Seamus. Sounds like the thing you do. Sounds like the thing that I should have done and did. Absolutely. I brought uh, Seamus, Dead Rider, Karen Emissary, uh, Betts, Two Rotten Bells, a dead and a Dead Dandy. Yeah, that worked out pretty well for you. Did you end up winning that one? It worked out great. I did end up winning, um, but uh, the very first thing that I ask anyone when I play is how you know how heavily involved are you in the game? How much do you play? And uh, I found out that it was his uh, sixth game in actual real life Malifaux. You're, so you're a gentleman. I actually spent uh, the majority of that game teaching him how to play better. Uh, I don't know about better. How to play, play tips, right? differently tips and stuff like that so it actually it ended up being um a lot of fun 
it was uh that was the one against Jack Daw and uh you know we both we both came away uh having a good match. Yeah, it looks like he got that one 6-2, so that I mean, he got some points and he probably learned some things, so that was a good one for him to start off with. Uh what about you Dixon? Who'd you bring in turf 4? So I brought Titania. Uh, so uh, yeah, big surprise. So before we before we start, I said to Pete, I'm gonna play these three masters in these three missions, regardless of what I'm playing against. Uh, I want to say that because there's a twist, <laughs> a slight <laughs> twist at the end. <laughs> um, so I I said Titania was gonna be for first round, Pandora was gonna be second, and Encerado was gonna be a third. So. It was Titania against Mei Fang against Ed, who's in actually one of my groups in the Vassal yeah. uh, community. He's in the Southeastern Vassal uh, Games community. And I I knew him by William because that's what it says in the chat. Yeah. I did not know him by Ed and I didn't know his face. <laughs> and now you, now you know. It was funny because like while we were talking, he's like, he knew who it was. I was like, wait, how do you know? He's like, I'm Ed. Oh, I go by William. And so, so I was like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I meet so many people. But so I, I my, think this this game was funny to watch, Dixon, just to watch I, what happened. Yeah, it was hilarious. I feel bad though because this game can devolve into he shot every single thing at Titania, and whenever I would stone, I would block, if not all, most of the damage. I didn't flip a a single week for soulstone prevention, like something like. 48, let's see, it was not the Emberling and one survivor out of the entire Mayfang crew shot or attacked a Mayfang. Yeah, but there was like one point rounds. where where you were about to go like super in heavy yeah. with Titania, and he like did a crap ton of damage, so you just like yeeted out of there. You're just like, I'm out. Yep, turn, I thought it was like turn two or three, bit first activation, three. I activate uh, Titania, I do one attack, I flip like a six of rams, and I go, nope, this is not going to work out, and I just <laughs> just bolt out of the just entire dipped out. Yeah, and I hide her into a corner behind a house. Yeah. Yeah, it's what you got to do sometimes. But this is the crazy part. Then he tried to go for... Myosaurus Rex, but Myosaurus Rex has its human ref- reflexes. Mm-hmm. And that one wasn't so much luck as it was like me just positioning him the right way. So whenever yeah. he had to cheat, because he had to cheat either the terrifying or the defense at one point, yeah. so I would just like maneuver him out of line of sight or melee ranges. So it was harder for him to get to him. But then luck came back again. And after dealing a whole bunch of damage to his master, which I, by that point, I had already gotten successfully and stuff. A fucking Autumn Knight came over, tried to attack her, did some damage, then she attacked him, because it was easier to attack him than to attack the Malosaurus Rex. And then I flipped the Red Joker a 13 of Rams or something, and by that point, he had already ran out of, of uh, Soul Stones. And <laughs> I hit him back for Severe with a parry. <laughs> and killed him. And he just called the game right there. He's like, alright, this is it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, bro. It's like you know, I, and that sounds like something lucky. I would do. That's something I would do where it's just like you see that happen, you're like, all right, I don't need to see anymore. Yeah, I don't dude. need to see anymore. Luck be a lady. Yeah, luck be a lady. Holy shit! <laughs> and honestly, I mean, that's something people need to keep in mind with tournaments. Is you can have the best plan and you can have the best list, and it could be perfect for the scenario and perfect for the matchup. But sometimes those cards are going to get you. You really do need to have a little luck on a tournament day. Yeah. All right. So that was one of the new uh, strats. The other one was 
The one that I'm actually pretty interested in, and that's the uh, break the line. So, and this is going to be kind of the interesting one because I know that I think at this point, Chris, you were, this was round three and Chris, you were one win, one draw and Dixon, you were two and oh at the top table. Yeah. So break the line is interesting because you actually got to like push the strategy onto your opponent's half of the table and you score that way. So I think a lot of people are still playing with the list that they like with that one. So let's start with you again, Chris. What did you end up bringing and what was kind of your general, uh, what did you try to do in the game? Uh, I took Karai and uh, my opponent took uh, the Victorias, the Vicks. Yep. And um, my goal was just to uh, to mosh pit and kill while pushing the the uh Strategy markers. So use your shitty summons just to muddy it up while you push the markers. Exactly. Exactly. And that worked out pretty good for you. It worked out great. Absolutely. I mean, it looks like it was a close one though. It was only a five-four victory for you. Yeah. So um, Jakuna, she really ran in and kind of screwed everything up. <laughs> and then um, he just as couldn't. He couldn't. Yeah, as she does, and he just couldn't counter that so well, yeah it was a close one Absolutely. well the vix have a lot of actions right they're pretty quick and they have a lot of like action economy and every time they do something if they're next to jacuna they're just plinking themselves for damage yeah absolutely yeah pretty gross but what were you using chris to move the uh strategy markers in uh, karai crew uh actually i was using all different pieces so okay. uh the first one was a uh a Shikom. The second one I moved with a with a Gaki that I actually got off turn two. Um, yeah, no, no. The second one I moved on turn three. Yeah, and I summoned the Gaki on turn oh, two. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about you, Dixon? What did you end up bringing, and did it work out? No, it did not work out. <laughs> so you're so those that don't know, you played against Brandon Lynch, and Brandon is a really good player. Mm. He's he's finished in the top of bigger tournaments than what we were playing in. He's won plenty of Malifaux events. So Brandon's just a really good player. Yeah. He knows his stuff. So, but what did you end up bringing and then how to go down? So, remember when I told you that I was going to play these masses in this order yep. regardless? Of, I remember. Yeah, I yeah, remember. Yeah. He was playing Guild and I have a very like just like I say Pandora doesn't play against 10 Thunders. Sorada doesn't play against Guild. Like it just—that's not. But you did it anyways. I, dude, you saw me though. Like it's been a good what five, ten minutes. Just like, oh god, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Immediate regret. Well, I think I think you're. You actually told me you're like I didn't know if Brandon was like a legit player. Like like if he knew about the tech pick. Yeah. And he or did. Malifaux specifically. Yeah, <laughs> and he did. And then I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I can chance it, but I still will like fucking bring uh, armor piercing just in case. So I brought Serena Bowman, which wasn't on the list originally. It was supposed to be two wild guys. And um, and the other one was um, uh, Hinamatsu, because same thing, armor piercing, yeah. right? And the idea is, oh, and to clarify, the reason why Sorida has a lot of problems against Guild is if you're a good player, you can bring in a Riot Breaker. And a Riot Breaker is both unyielding and has the aura that says that uh, the Sorida player cannot get actions on other models. Doing outside of their activation, so no base, no coordinated attacks. So, yeah, for example, sense. if if uh, you obey something outside of the aura, say for example you obey something outside of the aura to charge, and you charge into the aura, now you can't do the melee attack. Yeah. If you hex somebody and trigger coordinated attack, you cannot take the coordinated attack if it's inside the aura. It's 
insanely problematic. And he's armor two, and Sarda usually doesn't have armor piercing. Another thing is, I did not know Pete had angel eyes, or I would have subbed in uh, Hinamatsu for angel eyes instead. And just shoot. Yeah, why do you why do you like angel eyes in that matchup? Uh, since the nerf to what's her face, uh, Fiona, angel eyes is better because now you can pick him off at range. The uh, okay. robot, you can pick off the robot at range, and okay. the map was actually very good for her because it was uh, cover, and she ignores cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that one was a pretty rough matchup for you. Uh, what were you trying to use to move the um, strategy markers and break the line? Uh, first mate and Sorita. Oh, you brought the first mate. Yeah, oh, for sure. The first mate is insanely good in anything that requires a lot of scheming. Uh, you can just leap into something, you know, flip it over. If anybody comes after him, he has... Usually, I gave him a humor reflexes, so he has both scamper and butterfly jump. I, I love the guy. Well, and not only that, but I mean, any kind of scheme runner that would be running interference, he can just kill. That's also true. Because he can there's, kill it with passion. yeah, there's like, I, I don't know. I can't think of many scheme runners that can give him problems. I mean, he, it's, he can give beaters a problem. He's stats six. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's stats six critical strike with a two, three, five. So if you focus double ram. That's seven damage that's coming at you if you're not a Yeah, he killed an ice golem. Yeah. yeah. Ice golem, full life, killed it with first yeah, straight mate. Up. It was not straight full. up. Oh, it was so it was so good. Red Joker, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, playing like a when you play a beater like the first mate and you flip a red joker, nothing feels better. It's like, oh man, this is like so good. Right, it's like, are you having a good time? Because that felt so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um so looking at it, guys, I I really like those two strat or yeah those two strategies. I, I liked watching people how they kind of maneuvered around them. Some of the problem solving that people did. Yep. Um, I I will say though, like I said, my my intention of trying to get as many people as I could to take assassinate every round, it was like candy, man. I just saw masters getting blasted. It was awesome. That was actually one of the things I that gave. One of my outs was like, fuck it, I'm going to go assassinate on Nelly. She has, like, nothing on her unless she he takes uh, armor. And he did. Yeah, he put armor on He brought her. the lead coat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but I still think that it's a, it was a good pick. I was like, all right, I need to kill her because she makes my beaters useless. And until I kill her, you know. Did you guys have to keep that in the back of your mind that people were being incentivized to kill your master? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I denied did it, that point. Did it, feel like war, did it feel like playing War Machine, guys? <laughs> just tiny bit tiny bit because <laughs> that's what i was going for uh no it didn't feel like war machine because at one point i actually debated whether or not i wanted Titanic to die it's like i could let you die or i could just run away to the dead point that's why i did the attack yeah and that's actually an interesting point dixon because when you and i played just a game on sunday just for fun yeah that was something that you actually did. Actually, that was probably Thursday, mm. but you actually did with Titania. I was going in on her yep. and you actually let her die. Because specifically, you did not, um, whatchamacallit, you did not get the first point. Yeah. So if I could actually maneuver enough that I can get an additional point after that, you were stuck at a certain number. Yep. That's why I was like, at the end of the game, I was like, all right, I could not get the last one that I wanted, but I'm stuck at four. Can you get five? And you're like, yeah. nope. All right, four, four tie. All right. Well, let me ask you guys this about the some of the new schemes. So I think the newer schemes that we saw with this were deathbeds, outflank, 
and bait and switch. So did you guys end up taking any of those new schemes throughout the day? I took out flank um, and I almost got both points. I saw a lot of people taking out flank, honestly. Mm. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, how much uh, table positioning. Shen- <laughs> oh, it was bad. What, Shen Long? Yeah. Why well, would did Shen Long touch you? Yeah, he touched me in a lot of different places. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Shen Long with his upgrade where he could uh, push you, was it six inches, something like that? Mm. Yeah, he was just pushing me all around the table. That's fair. What about you, Dixon? Did you take any of the uh, newer schemes? I'm trying to remember, but I don't think I did enough of the tournament. I probably did detonate charges at one point. No. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Detonate charges was another one of them. Yeah, I just I can't think of any. I Yeah, sorry. I, I would say out of all of them, just as I was taking in data and watching these games, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people did take out flank mm-hmm. just because I think that one position, positioning-wise is uh, it's an easy one to score, and if you have a fast mobile crew, it's it it's not hard. It's not hard. It's a good one. I also took uh, bait and switch. I'm actually looking back at my lists, and uh, now that I'm actually looking at my list, I took bait and switch with uh, Montresor mm-hmm. because that was the first match, and that was Jack Daw. Yeah, and I was able to um, to lure Montresor in and get the first point, and then I uh, ended up scoring. I actually scored both points on that one. Yeah, that's the one where so you lured him into the center line, scored the first. Point. I did. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's funny, man. Yeah, the old bait and switch. The old bait Dude, and switch. The bait and switch is actually a very good scheme if you're trying to just get one point. I love the fact that you're like, oh, uh, nothing is in my deployment, so I get one point. That's just funny well, to me. And Chris and I talked about it. It's actually not super hard. It, it It is really baiting and switching your opponent because there was a game Chris and I played where we talked it out, but he was like, yeah, I was going to lure you into the middle. I was like, how? He's like, well, you wanted to kill me, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I was just going to go to the middle and you were going to follow me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was a really cool one to see uh, a couple people do as well. So... Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but just generally speaking, with kind of the nerf to the summoners, some of the changes that we saw with the masters and factions, the rules upgrade, especially I would say the push, like directional or direction that you can do with pushes now. You just do it from part of the base to another part of the base and you can do a push. Not only has it made the game feel cleaner, but it actually makes it more interesting when you when you do these actions because you don't have to push them directly away you can push them into more interesting positions oh my god i wish i know with the amount of people that bitch and moan whenever i said that before because like a year and a half i was like yo direct them away why is it directly you know from one model to a model that should allow for a little bit more variance and like a yeah. whole bunch of people would come out i was like no it's cleaner this way blah 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 i'm like how how is it yeah it's actually not (laughs) anytime you have like a directly away thing especially since there's no center point or arcs to measure like there are in other games it's really difficult to make sure you get a clean line that goes directly away from or directly towards and you always have some banana kind of like movements going on so i agree this just it makes it i think it's as intended it makes it where you can get some more interesting interactions not only that it also makes it so that models have more value now that you don't have to go directly to a towards in a way yeah. for example the ortegas i actually want to revisit them now because they have an ability that if you concentrate they get to push towards uh, an enemy model now that it's you know 
not directly towards and away. I, I yeah. really like that. You can actually get out of cover. You can actually go through things. It, it's really well better. Also, also Dixon. Well, this doesn't actually even really matter for that. I was going to say with we were playing the games and we saw with the test subjects, but they just charge. They don't push in any direction. <laughs> oh my god, those things are tilting. Oh uh, man, what um, is the, dude? What is the orc the organ crossroad seven thing called? Envy. So Chris, he was playing Envy when he was doing his crossroad seven list, and basically, I just had this test subject monkey. Or was it the bird? I think it might have been the chicken. It was the but, the fucking chicken. Yes. Yeah. The was chicken long. was just ram- it was ramming its head against the damn organ until it just died. <laughs> because uh, what you call it, scamper? Like he he had basically a base of operations, and he would like heal them. <laughs> he would like set them up and keep them alive. And like terrain made it so I couldn't actually target them unless I got all the way to where he was. Because we were playing not were, were we playing corners? No, we were, we're playing. Doing- we're doing corrupted ley lines. And, no, no, but we were playing flank deployment. Yes, flank. Yes, and one of the parts of the the table was basically two inch high, a whole bunch of blocking stuff, and that's where Envy got stuck against two <laughs> uh, two uh, test subjects. And I had to get my leader out, which at this point I, I decided to try out a uh, Raf. Holy shit! Raf had <laughs> to get a red Joker to kill one of them. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was Those a test subjects were fun, dude. It was fun. <laughs> No, but then we played for like like an actual keyword. I think it was uh, Sorida, right? I played Sorida against. No, it wasn't Sorida. Who was it? I played. Oh, yeah, you played. You played Dreamer. I played Dreamer. That's right. And the fucking test subjects again. They just yeah oh. yeah. And so <laughs> and in those games, and this is going to lead me into my next point. But in those games, like the test subjects don't seem like a big deal, but the fact that they delay certain pieces longer than it should. Mm is kind of why they were kind of like almost the MVP of a lot of that. Um, and looking at this tournament, it can be for one specific game or it can be a model that did work for you guys in all your games if you brought them. But I was going to ask you guys, what was a model in that tournament where you're like, man, this model saved my butt or it was my MVP, it did work? All of my models were different. <laughs> no, Chris, give me something here. Give me I something. got two. No, no, I got two. I'll say, I'll say my. All of my models, I played. I played. Chris, Chris is like Chris is like that parent that's like, I love all my kids. <laughs> I love all my kids equally. Oh, no, I took Seamus. They're all my all my lists were very different. No, so Seamus. What I'm asking the first you is, game. what is a model where it was like this model did superb in one of my games? Oh, okay, so superb in one of my games. Yeah. You think Dead Rider? Okay, so oh. It was this Dead Rider and Seamus's game. It was Dead Rider and Seamus. But game. I thought that Dead Rider was useless, and I'm not talking about you, Chris. You didn't say that, but there's people that are saying that he's useless. <laughs> it's he is a lot harder to position now. Thank God, insanely harder because when you when you push him two inches, you then now push the enemy into base contact. So you have to actually logically think of directions and angles and. Uh, vectors and everything like that in order to get him to be placed next so to So it's James. harder to take somebody out back and you know, do him in the mouth. Got it. I, I, well, I was going to say, I was surprised Matt didn't punch you in the face when you started doing your dead rider crap. <laughs> I did it very, very politely. It, well, see, and that's the thing. It's so dumb with Seamus just because it's like, oh, dead rider moves you. Oh, look, you're right next to Seamus. He's going to shank you in the kidneys. Yeah. Not fun. I mean, that when you played against, because you played that list against me, and I played my Hinamatsu list, and and Seamus 
uh, uh, round one, Hinamatsu, uh, the the uh, duet, and I forgot what. Oh, Vasilisa! All three of them concerted effort killed the Dead Rider on turn one, and it's and true. Sheamus then came out of nowhere and just started just violently beating down on on uh, Hinamatsu. So that one game basically made Chris go never again, and well, that's why the Dead Rider was the MVP. <laughs> and Chris, that that board you were playing on was perfect for Sheamus because it that was there was, was cover every wild west town, so there was lots of line of sight blocking terrain. Oh geez, yeah. And Sheamus would just pop around a corner and just pa. <laughs> I even told him in the very beginning, I was like, "This map is phenomenal for Sheamus. So I would be foolish not to bring him." But I had already planned on bringing Sheamus into that drop. So it, well, I would say, I mean, Sheamus is really good in turf war. Absolutely. All right, what about you, Dixon? What's a model during the tournament where you're like, oh, this was my bay? Malik Solis Rex. <laughs> Mild shock. Yeah, but, I mean, that's for me. Uh, no, wise, no, before, before you get into that, I mean, I think you were more shocked that I traded you my Malasaurus Rex than you were of how well it performed. Yes! I thought Dixon was going to cry when I was like, sure, I'll trade it. I did cry. I just like, <laughs> held that shit down. He was like... like Exactly. Oh, my allergies. What? What my allergies. Come on, man. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that is a beautiful model, and he is so awesome. He he won me the game against Ed because he held back tide long enough, and and that one like that wasn't so much luck. Like it, it was about average on him, but by that time, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Ed was already done. Like his mind was just like I shot. Pantania with like 60 something points worth of model across two turns and yeah. she's still alive <laughs> yeah and that's, and that's tough when you go into a matchup and you dump so much that that would be the equivalent of when we played our game and i'm playing ophelia mm -hmm. if i dumped so many shots like you know five models worth of shots into the malasaurus rex and it's still not dead right that's kind of the equivalent there is he, it sounds like he put it all in in the middle yep and he didn't get anything out of it hardly yeah. i mean it's actually it was the same thing that happened in our game literally the difference yeah. is um i actually got a red joker with my master on your master and that didn't feel as bad as he attacked the minion and the minion just repulsed Killed him in one hit. Yeah, it's like okay, fuck this. I'm out. Well, well like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And it, it, I don't know what it is. I mean, when a master or a beater like kills your master, it, you're just kind of like okay. I mean, that was a good model. But when your master dies to like some shit thing, like it's just like that's fucking stupid. Yep. I, like it shouldn't have happened that way. They deserve better. <laughs> oh, I do that to Pete all the time. He, he, he does. Wants. He'll just kill me with like a. A dandy or a minion. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you have one one hit point left, and I have this minion. Okay, let's see what happens. Now that was like the treatment Rammy got from Titania. It's just like if you activate, you just die. <laughs> oh, that's oh, another man. thing. I love doing that throughout the tournament. I did that where like, all right, if you activate, you die. And I just leave a model alive. And they're like, oh. I wanted to point out something that happened in round three that is actually very cool to people that play guild. It took sure. me. It took me even after our, our game because, like, it happened during the game with Brandon, and I was still impressed. Uh, there's a couple of models in Guild. One of them is a Master. The other one, I believe, is Allison Dade. That if you put them within two inches of a uh, break the line marker, uh, you can't grab it. You have to kill that model. 
Yeah, because if you interact, then they get to interact instead of you. Correct. They get they, to control they, it. So instead of you flipping it onto their, you know, your side, or sorry, their side, mm. they're going to be like, oh, no, you're within two. Go ahead and flip it on your own. Yeah, it, it makes it a huge tax because instead of having to discard a card or passing a duel, you have to kill that model or move it out of the way. Yeah. Like, it's insane. I, I was Remember that I said that was a bad matchup because of the Riot Breaker? Well, apparently, yeah. Nelly is an amazing model for this mission. And I just well, and it's not it. just it's not just her that has it. I mean, the false witnesses have it. Yep. I think there's a couple other models in her keyword that has it. So, I mean, you could just put somebody next to each of the strategy markers and just be like, "You got to kill it first. Yeah, our game ended four to three, but like, I'm pretty sure if it had kept dragging on, I probably would have capped at maybe four points. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm probably I'm pretty sure he would have gotten to like six, seven points easy. Yeah, anybody that plays Brandon, don't get like, <laughs> don't get sucked in. Brandon likes to play the, ah, oh, you know, I'm okay. I've been playing for a while. <laughs> you know, he does the aw shucks routine, and then he like just takes your face and just shoves it in the mud oh. and just holds you there for a while. Oh, now he didn't do that to me. I made sure that bo- most of his models were running away, and I killed his uh, printing the first press. two opponents. I'm sorry. The first two opponents, he won eight zero. Yeah, right. Go. Uh, no, uh, one was 8-3, and the other one was... I forgot the other uh, one. Let's see here. Brandon won the first one, 8-3, and then the other one... Yeah, we have similar he, scores. Yeah, I have all the scores. Mm. And then the other one, he won 8-5. So, I mean, the other one was decently close, Yeah, even though he got all okay. eight. All right. Well, yeah. I say, Brandon's a shark, man. He'll get you. He got all eight. Let's just say that. <laughs> Not against me? <laughs> Not against you, Dixon. Not against you. Yeah, that's because Dixon slow played him. Oh, hell no. If there was one person in that tournament that was not playing slow, it was this guy right here. <laughs> so looking at the breakdown of how the turn, I'm just going to kind of read through this, and I just want you guys to say or just think about it and think about if you're shocked on how all these factions finished. Mm. So we had the guild on top at first. We had Rezzer second. We had Neverborn third. We had two Ten Thunders player. The Bayou player, another guild player, Outcast, Neverborn, and then Outcast again. So I don't, I don't know if you guys look at that and if you're shocked by anything, or if anything kind of sticks out when you just kind of think or look at that. So I, uh, I remember Dixon specifically saying that Rezzers are now, uh, I would say, fifth place what? in in the tiers. And I just want to say how happy I am. I think he said third. I don't, I don't think he said. I think he said second he, or third. He said he, he said fifth. He definitely said fifth. I said third. I just want to say how happy I am to represent the Rezzers to come into second I said place. Third. <laughs> Either way, you finished second, so you beat it by one, Chris. Yeah, he did. He it's true. Did. It's I true. think it's Explorers, the Neverborn, then um, Rezzers now after the Errata. Because Von Stug is still really good, and so is uh, Riva. So. Yeah, what do you guys think about Outcast kind of finishing towards the bottom of the tournament? It was uh, those are asterisks. Those were. I think that's a good point. All three players are at the bottom where newer players. Boom. Yeah, it's true. Except for, so, well, Steve's not new, but he's been playing 40K, so he's a little bit rusty. So I think that had something to do with it. That's Plus, fair. Steve just kind of plays whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't care. I think Steve just came in to enjoy, you know, company. Oh, yeah. Like, good oh, company. Yeah, no, and we enjoyed his company, too. So, you know, I'm happy that he got to play some games. But uh, I hope that actually made him want to play because he's actually a very competitive player. 
He is. And I think the more we get these events going on, the more Steve's going to get into it for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say when you look at these, you don't have like, don't just look at the factions because Malifaux to me is a lot like Guild Ball where the factions are and masters are pretty close. Mm. Like, I don't think there's bigger than maybe a 20% difference either way between like weakest to strongest masters. Right. So to me, it's like when you see Guild finished on top, it's not because Guild is OP. It's not that Rezzers are strong. It's the fact that we had, you know, some of the better players in the tournament, they finished strong and they won some games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, John could have easily have finished towards the top. Ed, he's a good player. He finished towards the top. Yes. So no, you got to keep I, Honest to God, I, I got really lucky in me and Ed's game. He clearly knew what the Tiger priority was and he mm-hmm. went for it. He just didn't get there. That was it. If John hadn't been focused on trying to do his shenanigans the entire day, he, <laughs> yeah. he probably would have done a little bit better. John was like, be my honest. goal is to do no damage during this tournament. Oh and he God. almost did it. Shen Long doing no damage. Yeah, exactly. What was he doing? Tai Chi, yin yang kind of crap? What's going on? He was pushing. He was, yeah, he was getting a lot of chi and he was pushing and pulling as much as he needed. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, he just he kind of yeah. kept back in reserve, and I think he was just playing the positional strategy and schemes out of the games. Mm-hmm. And he just he he had two draws, so he had one loss or no, he had one win and two draws. So I mean, it, it, yeah, it I worked. enjoyed my game with Ish. him absolutely. See, that yeah. actually proves the power of this game. We all play killing because we're used to that from most games, but the fact that John didn't want to do any killing and, and he didn't lose exactly. That's insanely good. That's actually very, like, not only inspirational, that's impressive as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So I will also say what I was impressed with is uh, looking at Daniel, who played Bayou. He just played Ulix all day. So this dude did nothing but run pigs. And this included going into a um, a Von Schill gun line. Mm. And, then it, and then he also went into a guild gun line. And the dude just kept sending those pigs in. He's just like, fuck it. These pigs are getting in there. Bro, I like it was like, it was like Pickett's charge. It was Pickett's charge of the pigs. <laughs> I, I love that guy's attitude. He, he he was always upbeat. He was very positive. Like, positive. Liked that guy a lot. Like, I was hoping. I was like, oh, come on, man. Just win one. Gotta just win one. one. Yeah. One. I was like, I was rooting for him every game. I was like, come on. You got this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So he did that. Uh, let's see here. I think it was also... I think Matt, yeah, Matt Solo, Jack Daw, and then like I said, uh, John just played Shen Long all day. So we had three people that were just like, "Don't care, fuck it, I'm just running the same master all three rounds." Yep, yep, yep. yep. Well, John specifically because he was trying to do that mission, and again, yeah. very impressive. Uh, the other two, they were trying to learn the game, and they figured the best way to learn the game is play some events. I think that was smart. Master. Yeah, that was yeah, super yeah, smart. Absolutely. There was a gentleman in there that was playing, uh, what was it, Outcast? Not Cameron. The other guy that went to talk to us or, uh, a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Matt. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Matt, when we were having a conversation, it's like, no, you're doing the right thing. You literally come in here, practice your your fundamentals, and then after that, get better at the game. So this game is yeah. deep as hell. Yeah, because when you – so when you're playing – when when you're first getting into Malifaux, you don't want to go too wide and be thinking about the matchups and, you know, the different masters. You want to get proficient with one crew, learn what it does, and then move on to another one. So I think it was really smart of them to stick with one, just try to figure the ins and outs of it, and then move on to the next one. Absolutely. 
very impressed by that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So any other thoughts you guys had about the standings or anything else that you noticed in the tournament as far as just plays or play styles or just anything else as far as GG2? It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Dude, it was so much fucking fun. Like I didn't even so much I didn't even play in it. And I had a blast just just the fact that we were there doing it. I was like, this is this is what I've been missing. Like this is this sparked so much just like I want to play games, I want to paint. Like this got everything going again. It's a, it's it kind of reminded me of, you know, uh like the uh the Hobbit and the five Battle of the Five Armies when Actually, I guess this would have been in Desolation of Smog. But either way, when the furnaces are like, you know, ice cold, <laughs> they're ice cold and they're not firing off and they got to get the dragon's fire to get them lit up because they're so cold. Mm. That was my like gaming like drive. Like it was so cold and I wasn't like playing as many games and I wasn't really painting as much. And now we had this tournament just restoke the fires and I'm like all in right now. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was super, super, super fun to play someone besides. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think that was, it was so much fun. The highlight was, if like, not not gonna lie, I, I I love the tournament. Don't get me wrong, but my highlight of the entire week was playing against you two. Like that was Aww. hella fun. <laughs> yeah, we we enjoyed you thoroughly. Oh. oh yeah, I got to play Dixon three times. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Oh my god! I still am thinking about like the game that I had with Chris, him, Seamus, me, Hinamatsu. I'm like, man, how could I have done this better? There was just so much to, to do in that game, and then him just being him, it was just you know made the game better. Well, and looking at this tournament, it also sparked a lot of talk in the southeast. We had a lot of players that came to the tournament, and a lot of people that kind of watched the like the. Um, the standings as they kind of came in and some of the pictures I posted on a weird place. And I saw on a couple of the Southeastern chat groups, like I saw the Georgia group, they were like, Oh man, you know, we're going to start going to tournaments again. You know, who's good. What's going to be your main faction. And I was like, dude, I'm all in on Bayou. Like I'm putting the Nevermore aside for a while and I'm kicking that Bayou train for a while. This all like the news. I'm surprised you haven't said anything bigger this, this entire podcast, but Guys, he likes Ma Tucket now, and it's amazing, <laughs> bro. So I can I can admit when I'm wrong. It's okay. Well, it's not about being I wrong. I can say it over and no, over. No, but it's not about being wrong. It's the fact that that you were a different player about a year ago, right? Yeah. And if I like, all right, let me try this thing out again, and then just watching you just figure out, say, wait, I need shield it now. I need, you know, pass tokens here because of careful planning. The fact that you were like teleported models in different parts of the, of the table it made it ridiculously hard for me to score any points like it was just like wow like well how come yeah, you don't like this well it's kind of and we were talking about it and there's a couple of reasons why i think i was stuck on not playing maw for a while hmm. one is because when i was playing her the test subjects weren't out yet so that was a model i didn't even have access to and then two when i was playing her i was playing a lot of the kind of squishier pieces that they did stuff, but, you know, they kind of evaporated and then Ma just kind of, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, so I, I just think, plus I wasn't as into Malifaux, meaning like skill wise, I was still kind of just learning how to play. So I didn't quite understand some of the things she was doing, but yeah, now that I've played her, you know, three more times essentially, and I'm going to get another game in with her tomorrow. Yeah. I'm super pumped to have her in the mix because there's a couple of those schemes where I'm just like, Man, she just beasts people in this if 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 the matchup's right. That's so true. 
and I get to cuss and you know hit people with a fucking spoon. So you know, go at it. I mean, it's always pleasure. In that. <laughs> I mean, the, the 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 first time I saw you do the the uh, it, it, this is my favorite interaction, guys. I gotta say it. it I want to say it right. So little last activates charges the gate trouble core and damages him to give him a fast and a glowy token then she hollers at him to get him into position to then score him two points it was just mind blowing i was just like what the fuck just happened what is this yeah basically i took the lodestone and i i moved it from the northern the basically the north i guess you call it eastern quadrant and i ran it down i chucked it to the bokur then I brought the last in, like you said, did damage. And, you know, I've been playing Whizbang for a while, so that was like an auto thing for me. But when I did it, you're like, why are you attacking your own model? I was like, because I'm going to be fast with a glowy token now. Because I forgot the interaction. And uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, no way. And then you shouted at it to move it five inches. So in literally, the, the, the little last is just back there beating the piss out of this Bokur <laughs> and yelling at it to get the fuck on. Yep. And winning games. Because why the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it, it was great. So. And Maul has a lot of really interesting interactions like that. So, yeah, that's probably one of the things that I didn't appreciate when I was first getting into Malifaux. But now I'm kind of like, oh, man, that's like super sick. Let's not forget Big Brain Bren giving you cards. Like, I, I, uh, I hate Big Brain Chris has awesome. been spoiled because I haven't had Big Brain Bryn as a model. Mm. So Chris hasn't seen him in like forever since I brought him. I hate him. <laughs> so cool. He, he's coming back, Chris. Yo, Chris, he drew every turn, I think it was something like 14 cards. It was so yeah. frustrating. At one point in time, he drew 11 cards, and the highest card in his head was a 6. Yeah, that's pretty bad. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he drew 11, right? And then during the course of the turn, he drew 6 more, and then he had like 3 severes and in, in, in like a 10. I was so, like, what the fuck is this? How many so <laughs> just kind of like, I was looking at my hand when I drew it, and it was like, shit, I think my highest card was a 6. Yeah. So I was like, I, I draw a lot of cards, but I want a stone here. So I stoned, drew, still garbage, discarded. I cheated in for the trigger for Maw to draw two more cards, still garbage, nothing above like an eight. And I had to go through the first like three interactions just trying to find decent cards. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. But man, it, it, was, yeah, it was hot once it got going. Oh, Jesus. Well, the, the, the funny thing is I keep thinking about that and going back to the tournament because it was like literally the right the day before. I'm like... What if Pete had played this a week before the tournament and there was like an even number of players counting you? Like, what would have happened? <laughs> would Ma just, you know, do the entire all three rounds? Hmm. Um, if I'm, <laughs> so if I'm looking at all three rounds, so here's, and I'm not going to include Ma just because I wasn't going to play her just because I didn't have that in the, in the bag. Hmm. So if I was going to play the three rounds... So first round was Turf War. For me, that's Ken all day. I'm, I'm throwing Ophelia into that. The only way I wouldn't throw Ophelia into that is if the terrain was just shitty and you couldn't see anything. That's the only way I wouldn't play Ophelia into that. Um, that, was, that was what I had that earmarked for. Uh, Corrupted Ley Lines. That one was going to be interesting. I think that one, I hmm, depends on what I'm playing against, but I wanted to play Wong in that one. Uh, if if it was bad for Wong, if I didn't think it was a good matchup, I would have because uh, that one had breakthrough in it and corrupted ley lines, and those are two good Wong uh, things that I look for. But I would have put Zip in that if if I didn't think I could get Wong through that game. And then round three was pretty sure that one was going to be Zip all the way through. 
I'm a little sad that Civ would have made it two times in a row. Do you just have three masters before Mod? I was, I was, so I was only going to bring three masters. I was planning on only bringing Ophelia, Whizbang, and then uh, Zip. And you still haven't played games with Sorida, correct? I just, I don't like, so me personally, I don't like playing with one really bad experience well, it, with Zorida. It's not, it's not that, Chris. I mean, it was kind of like Tony just locked it down. I was like, okay, we're done here. But <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was one of those things where I just look at how I play in tournaments. And I think Zoraida is one of those masters. I would spend too much time in the tank and then I would waste too much time and, and then I'm not getting anything done. So yeah. that's almost like a personal choice just because I know how I play. Mm. So that's just me. I mean, I, I like playing by muscle memory, and it took me probably three dozen games. Not exaggerating. I'm sure. I'm three sure. dozen games before it became like, oh, okay, so this is how I play her out. Yeah, so now I'll have – I anticipate playing those three masters and Maw moving forward through probably the next handful of tournaments and just seeing seeing how I like them in the different pools and, and kind of learning some more tricks to help me through those games. Is there anything that you want to expand to uh, coming forward? Because right now, I thought Sorida was going to be a good pick for uh, Break the Line, but I'm, I'm considering my other options because I'm having problems actually doing that mission more efficiently. So w before we get to Chris and what he's thinking about expanding in, so what other Master in Neverborn would you do that or use in that strategy then? I that's the thing. I Lucius probably Marcus maybe. I think I think Lucius is superb in that. Yeah, because of mimics. Like that's what that's what I'm saying. And just all the obeys and just uh, the command that yeah. Lucius has. I I mean he's pretty much doing what Nelly did, right? A lot of the same stuff. It's specifically don't mind me. There's there's a few model. There's only one model the that I know. It's the doppelganger, but he has access to elite models that have it too, if I remember correctly. I think he has access to false witnesses. Yes. Yeah, so just trying to think about it because that ability that Nelly has is so good. But you need so many reps with Lucius to make him good, though, yeah. it, because he's kind of like Zoraida where there's so much you can do, you can really get distracted with it. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, I think for a, a more inexperienced player who's just looking to jump into the game, Nikima would be a great drop out of Neverborn for Break the Lines. I don't know. A lot of maneuverability in that. Yeah, list. but she doesn't want to waste her actions interacting as much. So I don't know. They might just kill everything in sight and just have one model interacting with things. That might be the <laughs> point. Just send a young Nephilim to go deal with it and then have all the matures and Nakima yep. just kill everything else. Yep. Just Black Love Shaman, instead of like eating corpses and stuff, just go start flipping things. We'll deal with you later. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Yeah. What about what about you, Chris? What are you looking to maybe expand into as far as masters in this new GG two? Uh, I want to get a lot better at Riva, dude. I, I think it's going to be did sick. Not take Riva. Yeah, I didn't take Riva because I don't have mm -hmm. enough games into her. Yeah, I think she has a lot of playability just because she's so fast and she can just kill, man. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward Wait, to it. Wait, how? Where would you put her? Yeah, Riva? What's yeah, what's crap? Yeah, I don't know yet. I uh, I'm gonna have to feel my way mm. around her. Okay. Probably turf war, but you already got Seamus. You can do that with. Yeah, Seamus is just so easy in turf war. It's almost it'd almost be a shame to take him her out. Her crew is like insanely hard, uh, fast though. You could probably pick her in sim in sim uh, symbols of authority. Yeah, yeah. Got to just kill stuff and go get the symbols. Mm -hmm. Or one yeah. Udo with Great Spirit's touch. You know, and just pray that you don't get one shot. <laughs> I don't think Chris has a one Udo. I do not. I'll have to Dude, get one. Dude, their, their melee attack is stupid because 
if you hit, you can hit a friendly model and you just get an additional five inches of movement. They're insanely fast. They just don't take any hits at all. They, they die to a stiff breeze. Okay, so, I mean, I'm sticking with Bayou. Chris, I, I can bet, you know, $100, you know, $100 that you're probably sticking with Rezzers. Uh, hmm. What about you, uh, Dixon? Are you sticking with Neverborn for yep. a while or are you jumping yep. ship? At least until after August. I'm getting so close to the, the finals. I'm still qualified. I'm at 11th place. I dropped after two really bad tournaments. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll go right back up with this one because uh, so far, I'm still in the top 16 uh, out of like 70 players. Uh, yeah, I mean, on two more, more two, uh, three more months, right? And I'm qualified. Well, let me ask you guys this. So why do you guys think there weren't as many explorers and arcanists at this tournament? Explorer says because you didn't allow for proxies. Damn straight. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's exactly why Explorer yeah, so, absolutely. So I was kind of like being like, I don't know. I guess people didn't want to play Explorers. And somebody was like, it could be that Pete didn't allow proxies. I'm like, no. That's not what happened. That's not a thing. <laughs> That's not a thing. Um, honestly, though, I think it was I think it was a couple of things. Obviously, I didn't I didn't allow proxies. So I just I didn't feel like people wanted to deal with Cadmus. This counts as this. And it, it just sounded like a giant pain in the ass. Uh, two, I don't think everybody has Explorer models yet just because money. Uh, three, mm. maybe it's not together and they don't have the reps yet, so they don't feel comfortable running that in a tournament. And also, I think it's GG2. People want to play with their you know faction they've played with for a while, but they want to see how it plays in the new gaining rounds. Okay. So I think that was, that was the big thing. I still stick with what I said. <laughs> Either allow proxies. I, I killed it. <laughs> but Arcanist, though, they had no excuse whatsoever. I, I don't know. I really don't. I did not want to pull them off the shelf. You haven't, played, yeah, you haven't right played with them. Having, well, I know, but I'm having so much fun. Let's be honest here. Even if Chris had switched to Arcanist, then we wouldn't have no wrestlers. That's true. And I don't think it's. Be, I don't know. Do you hear a lot of people saying like Arcanists suck now? Is that a thing? No. No, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I know that we have people in the Southeast that play Arcanists. So I just think we didn't get those players. I mean, there's always going to be a faction that doesn't get as much love in a tournament. So we just didn't have our Arcanist players show up, but hopefully we'll get them next time. I mean, Colette's still a monster in Break the Line. I don't know why people are so salty. We also didn't have any double masters and that was something, I don't know. Did you guys talk with your opponents about that? Did that come up at all? Brandon mentioned it in passing when we were playing our game as a joke, but that's it. Yeah, nobody nobody mentioned my games. Yeah. It wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, and I, I'm just kind of curious if it's because I, I don't know why people didn't bring double masters. I don't know if some people just didn't feel like doing it because it's stupid. I mean, I, I think we is honestly, I think it's because we talked about it in the podcast and everybody that went to the tournament listened to the podcast. The gentleman's agreement. Exactly. And we actually had an interesting conversation with Wilson Dixon where we were saying moving forward, it would be interesting if people started throwing tournaments and they said, hey, this is a solo master event. And then maybe the next month or two, you know, okay, hey, this is double masters. You have to bring a double master. I think that would make those tournaments more interesting to me mm. than just having the random surprise of, hey, I'm throwing it. I have a double master. Yeah. I mean, the my favorite tournament that I had in the vassal uh series was uh 15 points you cannot have more than 15 points of versatile or auto keyword models 
Well, let's think about this because we had, I would say, three. the three people that we had at the bottom there were pretty new. And imagine if they played in that tournament, but somebody went ahead and threw a double master at them as well and just ripped their faces off and, you know, showed it to them and then wiped their ass with it, with the, you know, second master. It's It's just, to me, that promotes so much just not what the game's about. Yeah. I mean, even it, it, to be honest, Double Masters is not OP yet. We haven't found anything that's super broken after they nerfed Dreamer, but it's still it's. I hate it because it's exactly it's what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I it's. Oh, why do you have you know Colette with Marcus? That makes absolutely no sense. Like one is complete know, Jason, and the you, other one is performer. <laughs> you were talking about bringing the damn Malasaurus Rex, but then having Marcus as a second master to make him a flying yep. dinosaur. I did. I love that game, and I will never regret it. 6-6 six, six draw that game. 6-6 six, six draw for the World Series. It was hilarious. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, Malasaurus Rex did not die. That thing was just unkillable. Got slain flying machine gun of death. <laughs> so I, I think that that's something that I'm going to talk with people at these events more and more just as I throw on more events too, just if that's something they'd be interested in. Hmm. Because I can tell you, there's people like me who have no interest in playing against double masters. Like I get it's a thing. And if I go to like a national tournament, like I think there's in, uh, I want to say it's September, there's a big war zone tournament in, in Texas. Yeah. And that's something I kind of got my eyeball on. I actually sent Chris a little invite to it too, mm-hmm. but it's if I go to a tournament like that, or if I go to Nova, then fine. If I play against a double master, that that's great. But just a small, like 10 to 16 person tournament. It's like, you know, new players don't want to see that shit. And I don't want to see it. I mean, I'm not a new player and I don't want to see it because you know, it, again, it just doesn't dude. I know it's very snowflakey to say, but you know that I'm a very competitive player. I just hate seeing it across the table where it just breaks too much. The theme of the game. I don't yeah, know. the theme matters. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like if you want to go with like those fifteen soulstone thing that I was telling you about, and you want to slap a master in those fifteen points, fuck it, you know. Well, and I'm okay with it if it's an exception to the rule. So, like, you have the Victorias where you have two masters. I'm fine with that because it's unique, it's interesting, and it fits the fluff. I mean, it actually fits the story arc, right? Because there's the, I don't know if it's a changeling that mimics the, you know, Victoria. Yeah, it's a uh, doppelganger. Yeah, a doppelganger. And, you know, it actually fits the backstory, and it's cool, but... Then we have these random things where Dixon's bringing a fucking flying dinosaur, <laughs> right? Marcus, yeah, I, which is cool by itself, <laughs> but I'd be pissed playing against it. I think I may actually bring with it to the last with round. Butterfly yeah, I think I may. With I may bring it to the last round just for funsies, just to you know, see what he can do. <laughs> Ride it like Falcor, yeah, like, <laughs> fucking your own luck dragon. Yep, <laughs> Jesus. Oh man! And the, the funny uh, thing is, like, it's beautifully painted by you, Pete. It's not I, even done yet. Exactly. It's not. I was done. exactly going to point out. I was like, the first thing Chris says, like, "Ew, this is ugly." And I was like, "This is so what? ugly compared to the rest." Of Pete's Why do you say it's ugly? He looks great. He's like, "Nah, this is not Pete quality." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew Dixon was going to play it, so I basically put enough paint on it to be like, "All right, this at least looks good on the tabletop." Uh, if you go to that Rage Quit Wire article, you can actually see a picture of it. It's it actually looks like it's chasing Titania in that in that picture. He was defending her ass. 
That's <laughs> literally he's the same like thing. Like, <laughs> like, no, mommy. Dude, he's like a big, rabid dog about to defend her master. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say this. Um, as everybody in the United States is gearing back up for Malifaux events, uh, definitely shoot me a message on Facebook or, you know, talk to Dixon or even Chris if you have Chris's information too. Uh, because one, I have no problem promoting people's events on the podcast. Uh, if it's a tournament, you just want to be like, hey, we're throwing a tournament up in Washington or we're throwing a tournament up in, you know, uh, Nebraska or Iowa, whatever. I mean, I have no problem shouting it out. And if you give us enough time, I mean, especially just random weekends that Chris, you know, doesn't have his daughter, we can definitely see about, you know, going up over whatever to these tournaments. So, yeah, I don't I don't mind flying to a tournament. I'd love to. Absolutely. And actually, I think uh, I think the Georgia boys are actually putting on a tournament July the 10th. John's going to throw a tournament. Yeah, I'm going to be coming like fresh off Disney for that one, but I'm planning on still going to it. Absolutely. And I'm working on seeing what I can do to get there. <laughs> We're gonna Dixon's gonna, you know, George Carlin his way down. The rules <laughs> of the road. The rules of the road. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Um, yeah, I was about to say I was like, it's a lot of ass. <laughs> <laughs> Dixon doesn't mind. Oh, uh, not not for the game, I guess. Question yeah, mark. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I am like just wrapping this thing up. I'm so pumped for GG2. Yes. I'm pumped that people are getting their, you know, vaccines. I'm pumped that stores are letting people back in and just make sure that you guys are supporting your local game store. That way we have these stores to go into and play these games. I found that the, because I was talking with Firefly about prize support and it's definitely better if you have direct through weird. I think a lot of the distributors have problems kind of getting consistent Malifaux product. So that would be my one recommendation. If you're looking to get Malifaux in your store is see if your store can get direct um, ordering through weird. That'll help out. Yeah. That was one of the disappointing things. I was, uh, I actually show up, showed up for the tournament looking to spend, you know, I had hundred bucks that I was just like, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks, buy some couple of starter boxes. And, um, they didn't have anything. They had two boxes. One was two small boxes. Yep, they yeah. had the the uh, swordsman plus the Trixie, samurai yeah. and the Trixie uh, core box, if I remember correctly. No, they had the yeah. they had the weird science box, which is the box that I bought. <laughs> okay, that's what it was. The Trixie box. Conveniently yeah. enough. Hey, you love that box, though. You know, the I, fact that I, I, I mean, I do. You're not wrong. The stupid monkey and Quan are just like your biggest boom headbutt. Do that. Yeah, I can't wait to play against this. I, I shit you not, Chris. The stupid fucking thing beat up uh what was it? Uh Chompy Bits? He beat up Chompy Bits for like seven damage. Well both of them did across like god knows how many activations because I kept cheating not to die. And he was just like, All right, move away. Wham, move away. Wham. Yeah, I think the more important <laughs> thing there was just they were trying to lock Chompy Bits down so he couldn't go, you know, destroy other things. Yep. And they did a good job until I teleported him across the table. Yeah, and <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, and speaking of boxes that we did give away, even though the store didn't have as much Malifaux stuff, we did give away. I mean, people were pretty pumped, and there were a ton of tickets underneath the Anya box and then the uh, the Intrepid Emissary box and then that Lucius box too. And I, I know it looks like, you know, a little bit of, you know, the backroom dealings, but Chris, you ended up getting the Anya box. 
And then, well, to be fair, I had a lot of tickets. I was about to say, yeah, I had a lot of he tickets. Got second, and I put all of them. Yeah, he got that. second place and four points out of assassinate. Like, he had a lot of fucking chances. And a full, I fully, fully painted army. I, you know, I, I paint all my stuff. I dedicated at least a good three to five minutes per model. Yeah, and then Dixon, you got that super sweet Lucius box with the uh, dashel in it. It also helped that not many people were looking for it. I think it was just me and Brandon. <laughs> yeah, and it, so we had those two go. We had the it was the first edition Somer box, the old metal one. John ended up getting that, and then Steve ended up getting the Intrepid emissary. So yep. definitely cool to see. It's just cool to see people get that stuff. Mm. But then I also did two things that I think I would give tips out to TOs that are running these events as well. One, I ran a demo with a guy brand new and he didn't have a fate deck, but he's looking to get in the game. So I actually gave him one of the prize support fate decks that I had, which he he was blown away by. He's like, oh, thanks, man. That's awesome. Like, yeah, no problem. I mean, welcome to the crew, you know? And then uh, the other one was the guy that got last place. I'm always a believer in giving the most powerful thing to the worst player. So I actually gave him the Explorer's rule book as a prize for coming in last place. <laughs> and to me, it's always like, you know, maybe you want to try this. <laughs> Give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> dude, uh, wasn't the Fuhatsu, the alt Fuhatsu not picked by anybody? Nobody wanted yeah, it. Yeah, that one might it. be because people already have it. I don't know. Right. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, I guess... Everybody has. That's fine. It. I just I, I put it in the put it back in the prize bag, and mm-hmm. we'll try to give it away next time. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to point out: the reason why the Lucius box was, I'm pretty sure the reason why Brendan also wanted it, it had Lucius, the OG one from way back in uh, M2E yep. when he was a master originally. He was he started as a henchman, but that, I'm not counting that yet. Anyway, and it had Dashel. Yep. It had Dashel back when he was a minion. <laughs> so. Yep. I was like, oh my god, what this box? Yeah, it was a cool box and so definitely yeah, you put all your tickets into it. And I, I would say <laughs> nice, you got them together. I got him together. Yeah. And I and I will say if you are doing a raffle for an event, raffles are great. Um, it gives everybody a shot. And you can either spread out your tickets and have like, you know, a lesser shot at everything. But I always have it where you can only win one thing. Or you can just dump all your tickets into the thing that you really want, which is why I think people like that system. I think the fact that you did that is why everybody stayed till the end. Yeah, it definitely encourages that too. Just getting ticket. I gave everybody a ticket for staying, playing each round. Ticket if you won. Ticket if you did assassinate. Ticket for painted stuff. I mean, pretty much you give tickets out for a lot of different things. And it just makes everybody like, well, I'll hang out because I might win this, you know. Right. And there was, I mean, those two Explorer boxes, I mean, people wanted them. Hot yeah. items. They were good boxes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, brand new boxes, and they were both good, because Anya is like a speed demon. She, with a quick action or one action, she's 17 inches up the board. That's insane. Yeah, yep. and those of you that weren't able to make it to the tournament, or if you're, you know, across the land or across the sea, uh, we do have the Maxine Core box that I'm looking to give away later this month. Uh, that is going to be one for the listeners, so just kind of keep your ears open for that. That's going to be something that will come out later this month. I was just not able to give it away yet because it's not technically released yet. So i got to wait for it to be released before I give it away. I'm so sad that nobody has made a, a EVS uh, core box painted as Twisted Metal. Oh, man. I love Twisted Metal. Because of Calypso. 
Welcome to Twisted Metal. Like Dr. Vivi. Yeah, Dr. Vivi as Calypso. Oh, so cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Any last minute thoughts before we get out of here? Brandon, I want a rematch. Support, <laughs> support your local meta. Yes. Yeah, get game then. Host tournaments so Pete and I can come visit. Yeah, we, we love to go to these events. Uh, I, I got a lot of people that I know in the Midwest. I mean, I, we know a lot of people in the Northeast too. So definitely, uh, definitely hook us up. I mean, we'll, we're always willing to travel just with some notification so we can find some uh, cheap arrangements there. Capital Gilboa play. I mean, Capital Malifaux players didn't come. They failed the challenge. They were ducking. Maybe, maybe they couldn't find any gas. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, I don't even, I, I don't think I have talked with any of those guys. So I, I don't even know who's part of that, that group up there. Uh, that's a good point. Maybe, maybe they can come into the Discord and we can have a talk now that the Discord is open. Well, I'm more like, and this is why I loved it when we had like those big guild ball events, mm. because you just see all the podcast dudes come together and just shoot the shit for like drink a bunch of beer and stuff. Yep. So. I mean, Malfo has gotten to that point where I think there's at least four or five good podcasts. We can move the uh, Bourbon Trail to Malfo now. So something I'm looking at doing, and I'm not going to put a timeline on it yet, hmm. but I know there's a couple of breweries I'm I'm possibly thinking of running like a bigger event at. So there's uh, specifically one up in, um, oh, what is it? It might be Greenville. There's a good brewery up there that I was thinking about running an event at. So uh, just kind of, uh, yeah, be thinking about that. Getting a, because I'm telling you, if you haven't played an event in a brewery or a distillery, you're missing out. I mean, I'll suffer through it because I'll be tempted, but I won't be able to touch any of it. Yeah, we'll figure something out for you. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so make sure that you guys are hooking us up with that. We're, we're definitely, uh, definitely going to throw more events, definitely going to go to more events. Uh, I know we're doing a local, we're doing a local game night again. So I finally got the store owner at final round, Jacob. He's actually opened it up where the store is going to be open till 10 and we can go in there, play some tabletop. And I got, I'm playing my boy, Scott. So I'm really excited to play Scott again. Super pumped. I'm glad that I was able yeah, to. He should have come to class. Chris yeah. will be there every other week. I'm glad that I was able to play against you guys. At least you got a different opponent this time. Chris, holy effing crap. Like, you're way more aggressive than I thought you were gonna be at because like <laughs> I guess I guess uh Pete rub off on you. I may sound I may sound laid back, <laughs> but I'm in your face type of yes, guy. Chris, Chris is a little more calculated than me though. Like I'll jump on a model if it's there. Hmm. Sometimes Chris will like kind of he'll he'll be aggressive, but he'll be selectively aggressive. Uh, he's not just gonna he's just not gonna kill anything. He's gonna kill the model that pisses him off or that he hates the most. He did. That's exactly he hunted right. down Hinamatsu. I, I, in... Oh, that's because he hates Hinamatsu. I do hate what Hinamatsu. What did she do to you, man? She's killed the dead rider before. She, many she, times. she may have attacked him six times. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight with me. <laughs> yeah, not, cool. not cool. All right. Well, make sure that you guys are supporting the podcast. Like I said, we got a lot of content going up. I know I just flooded weird with like, a bunch of content this week. So make sure that you guys are supporting us. That way we can keep putting this stuff out for you. Cause we definitely enjoy it. I mean, we're, we're, I think all three of us are in the same mindset where we're really pumped for Malifo right now. Like we're really going to promote the shit out of this game because it's in a really good spot and 
it's a good competitive game at the moment. So I think with that being said, though, guys, we're going to go ahead and flip cards, flip tables, and we will see everybody next time. Take up my sleep.